Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Welcome to 2020. We're going to be talking about the most practical of things today. We are. We are going to be talking about something, well, okay, let's let's start off. If you don't know us, or if you, if you do, we'll just remind you. We have eight kids. We have eight children, and there's, what, about 19 years range between the oldest and the youngest, I think? Yes, but, you know, when you say we have eight kids, yeah. you kind of picture the kinder care bus, but five of our kids are grown-ups now. Yeah, they're all... We only have three left at home. Yeah, they're spaced out, and... and well, it's interesting because we've been doing this now for quite a few years, and we've been able to observe some things in our own family, some things that we stumbled into, some things we watched other families doing or not doing, and and adopting. You know, that's that's what you do as you as you grow through this whole process. You don't you know you don't start into parenting with the whole toolbox full and just go and, and assemble the kit and, and be done with it. I mean, it's something that you grow into. You do, and and it helps if your parents started you off with a good toolbox. Yeah. You know, and hopefully we're all going to be doing that for our kids, starting them off with with some ideas of what a Christian family looks like, Mm -hmm. what a healthy family life looks like. And and you and I were really blessed, Hal. We had good families. We did. That loved us a lot. But, you know, I remember how it was during the Christmas season. I don't think it was Christmas because some of our kids weren't able to be there. Mm -hmm. But... I remember sitting there, maybe it was New Year's, and seeing everybody together, and they were just, the love was palpable. They they just cared so much for each other. They were so concerned about making sure, you know, this one or that one had the, the right present. And like, I, I love to see them giving presents to each other, because, like, I remember one of the kids who does not have much of an income giving, spent a very small amount of money, but every single gift was chosen with care and love yeah yeah and you know i just that has been one of the biggest blessings as our kids have grown into adulthood is seeing their relationship with one another i didn't expect that i did not expect the intensity of their love and respect for each other i didn't expect how much a blessing that would be to me you know i remember hearing one of the uh one of the very well-known writers and speakers on parenting issues um talking about talking about something and and just feeling very discouraged because his attitude it seemed to be as what was coming across the the program was that you know this sort of the disharmony the bad attitudes the rebelliousness the sullen behavior and all the rest of that is just part of them being teenagers or growing up or what and you just have to kind of get through it and i thought that is so discouraging. I mean, does it have to be that way? And, and one of the things they talk about all the time is sibling rivalry. Okay, but on the other hand, mm-hmm. I found equally discouraging the speakers we heard at convention that made it sound like your family life could be perfect. That if you just follow their 10-step plan or whatever, your kids would never argue, and they'd be sweet and obedient all the time, and you could... You, as long as you discipline them enough, you could make them be totally compliant, gentle, easy to get along with kids all the time. Okay, frankly, and, and I looked at our kids, I mean, and, it, and that wasn't possible. Confession time: If we had perfect kids in this household, they would have been adopted because they weren't coming from my gene line. That's for sure. I know, for right, for no, real, because we're both honestly, sinners, and, and our kids are going to inherit that from us. But 
But the fact is, there are some things we can do that will promote, I won't say guarantee, but things that will promote and encourage and foster better relationships in your family than some people think that you're entitled to to expect. You know? Well, I wish someone had said to me when our kids were younger, mm-hmm. you know what? It's going to be rough. There's going to be hard days when you feel like pulling your hair out and everybody's bickering all day long and you spend all day long doing nothing but discipline and character training. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord can bring that to harvest to give you good fruit from it. From it. That's what I wish I had heard. because And I didn't. Because, you know what? We had a lot of ugly days. We did. We had a lot of ugly days, and I did not always handle them well. Nor I. There were times I lost it. There were times I had to repent over my tongue. Mm. And there were days that I would look and and feel hopeless. But we kept trying to bring our family life back into alignment mm-hmm. with God's word mm-hmm. and to try to trust the Lord about what he said and to just keep to stay in obedience. And you know, on this side of it, man, I love our adult kids. It, it has really been a blessing as our, as our young men first, I mean, cause our girls are all in the younger set. Yeah, but, Our six oldest six, are boys. y'all. Our, our six oldest are boys. So, you know, as I see our older sons, Graduating, going off to college, graduating from college, starting their careers, getting married, starting families. We're seeing those stages there as they join the adult generation. And it, it's a blessing. And we have a relationship that has, that has made the transition from the directive disciplinary parents when they were in their single digits to being the advisors when they were you know, late teenagers and into the college years to being brethren to brothers and sisters in the Lord, you know, that's to, been amazing. That has just been a incredible blessing, but you know what? It, and, and they're not perfect. <laughs> and no, we no, 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 still, no. and there's sometimes there's snippy words among them or between us and them. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, we have an extraordinarily happy family as everyone's getting grown up. Yeah. And I just won't get to give people hope that it's not always going to be like it is now and that it is worth the battle. Well, let's, what I'd like to kind of get into is this question of sibling rivalry and disharmony between the brothers and sisters and as that relates to parents. Because, you know, that's such a reality in a lot of families. And I think, I think there's almost a fatalistic expectation of it. In fact, sometimes, it, I, you know, you see little things like little door decorations that are meant, I suppose you give them to your kids to say, you know, <coughs> no sorry. girls allowed, boys room, no girls, or, you know, g- girls rule and boys drool and all this kind of, you know, battle of the sexes kind of stuff, which I'm thinking our kids learn a lot of these behaviors from us one way or another. You know, they don't, they, they don't come up with this when they're four years old. A lot of this stuff, we just kind of adopt from the culture and just pass it along. And they say, oh, that's the way the game's played. Or they pick it up in the media and Mm -hmm. we laugh at it and forget to point out this isn't right. That there's a reality behind this. You know, we we really enjoyed watching the Home Alone movies with our kids. But I was interested because I, I, 
our kids know we talk about movies. When, when we watch movies, we discuss them. Right. And I was interested to, to watch my kids' reaction to the horrible sibling dynamics in the first part of the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I saw one of them just look over and catch my eye mm-hmm. and just shook their head. And I said, so guys, is this right? No. And everybody's like, no, mama, this, they're acting horrible. Their parents ought to punish them. And, you know, when we see things like that in the media, we need to call it out. Yeah. When you say this is not the way God intends for siblings to be treating each other. And that's not to be self-righteous and say, oh, I'm so glad that we're not that way. But rather to say. No, we've got to be careful. Here, But say this is an example that we want to avoid. Right. This is something that's a bad example. And this can happen if you're not careful. You know, and that's. Like, for example, in that introductory sequence of the movie, I mean, what really leaps out is just how how mean-spirited those kids are toward each other. How they, they're so unkind. They're so rude to one another. They, they, they bicker and they tease mercilessly. And there's no sense of any love or affection. There is no sense of affection or love or consideration at all between any of the kids in this large family. Yeah. And you know, think, okay, we don't want that. How do we create a culture that's not that way? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the things that, one of the things we have to kind of set as a ground rule, as an expectation in our homes, and the earlier you can start this, the better, is to say, you know what, in this home, we are going to speak with kindness to one another. And we're not going to allow bullying Okay, right. we're not going to allow an older or smarter or stronger child to lord it over one who's not up to that level and, and to throw their weight around, so to speak. But at the same time, we're not going to let the little ones. We're not going to allow pesting. We're not going to allow the younger child mm-hmm. to get away with tormenting the older one into sin because... Because they're younger and weaker. You know, there's a biblical example for that. You know that? Really? Yeah. I mean, if you look in the Old Testament law, you see that it, it says over and over and over again that you're not to give preference to the rich and you're not to oppress the poor. Yeah. But it also says, and people don't really pick up on this, it also says, don't show partiality to the poor man, do justice. You know, recognizing that, recognizing that the weak and the... Uh, the less strong, I guess, the less privileged can can have their own sins that need to be taken care of, that need to be, you know, need to be dealt with just as much as those who have power, be it strength or more education or more just weight or whatever else, yeah. you know. So we can't let the, the bigger kids be bullies. We can't let the younger kids be pests or provoking provocateurs, you know. Well, and, you know. So how do you do with that? Deal with that because you know with boys, I remember the boys loved to wrestle each other. They loved to to not ugly teasing, but just kind of trash talking each other, especially when they got to be teens. Boys do that, yeah, that's and, natural. You know, something that really I think helped us a lot, Hal, mm-hmm. was the fighter pilots rule. When I was in the Air Force, I remember I was not a pilot, but I remember, you know, you read things when you're in the culture there. And one of the things they talked about was when the pilots were in close maneuvers, when they're doing training exercises up in the air, if anybody comes on the radio and says, knock it off, immediately everybody disengaged. The aircraft would move apart and give space to one another because that meant somebody was in trouble. Somebody was about to have a problem. Maybe someone was in danger. And so 
the call knock it off was an immediate stop the game. Yes. And and we instituted that rule with our kids to say, okay, if y'all want to wrestle, I mean, the little boys like to wrestle with daddy. And that's okay. That's fine. Daddy has to exercise self-control and say, okay, I'm going to let the little ones climb all over me and I'm not going to use my weight to terrorize them or anything. But if anybody says, whoa, knock it off, or that's not funny, or stop it, that hurts, then the game stops right then. Yes. And that's, that is the rule in our family. Anybody calls a knock it off, then you stop. And if you continue it after then, something, you have become a bully. And then you get strictly punished because we don't allow any kind of bullying in our house. Uh-uh. And, yeah, that's been great because that allowed them to be boys, to wrestle, right. to do a little trash talk, good-natured trash talk. Mm-hmm. But if anybody started to get hurt at all, their feelings, whatever, mm-hmm. it would immediately stop. And that... You know, that was a good, I don't remember how we decided to apply that to our family life, but that has really helped. Well, I think it was understanding that boys will wrestle, that boys like to show their strength or try their strength again and, and compete in one way, so particularly, particularly if you have brothers who are close to, together in age. Yes. You know, who are fairly close and maybe the younger one might actually have a shot. At overthrowing the big one. It's going to be different if the oldest brother is, is 16 and the next the next oldest brother is, you know, nine. That's going to be a big difference. But Not um, that the nine-year-old won't try. Well, that's true, too. That's true, too. But, yeah, that kind of thing to say, all right, what is the human nature here that we have to be careful of? How can we manage this in such a way that relationships are not damaged? Yes. And in fact, you know, when they can play rough, when they can tease one another, when there can be some back and forth and nobody's getting hurt, that actually does build the relationship. That builds trust. Especially with boys. And, you know, I think though a critical thing is not to allow name calling in that if someone says, don't call me that, you can't call them that. You know, that's biblical too, if you think about it, because names in scripture are very important. They're, they very frequently are a testimony of something or a reflection on somebody's character, mm-hmm. you know. And so you do, and, and you see several times when God or when Christ gives a new name to somebody. You know, when Simon is given the name Peter by Jesus, so that has a meaning to That's it. That's significant. You know, when God changes the name of Isaac to Israel, he has a meaning for that. So we don't allow people to abuse one another's names. Right. Even to the point of if you've got a son that's always been James and somebody wants to call him Jimmy and he doesn't like it, that is not allowed. Right. Nothing wrong with being called Jimmy unless you don't want to be called by that nickname. And you're not going to call him something you don't want to be called. Right. Well, I had to enforce that the other day. Did you? I did. They were, somebody... somebody was pesting somebody else, calling it, calling them names. and I'm Now, these were older kids, so I made them do push-ups. Uh-huh. They were not happy with me, but, you know... I know enough now not to worry about that. Yeah. I know when I was uh when I was a kid in school that it, it sometimes kids would get in fights and the teacher would say, Why'd you why'd you hit him? And, and they'd say, He called me out of my name. <laughs> that was kind of a that was a phrase they used back back where I grew up. Say, he called me out of my name. That's well, interesting. So we don't allow we don't allow them to call each other out of their names. Okay? That's cool. Um you know, an important thing I think for parents, speaking of the patriarchs and such um, we've got to be really careful not to show favoritism. And I think there is... Well, isn't that the truth? I think that we can slip into it. You know, we we have an idea of what favoritism looks like. We said, oh, we're not going to do that. But there's a lot of ways that that may work out. And if we're not careful... Well, I think, for example, 
mm-hmm. I think the child that is most like us really get tends to really get on our nerves. Right. And it's easy to get more annoyed with that child mm-hmm. than we probably ought to. And yeah. And that, that can be, be perceived as favoritism. You know, dad doesn't, doesn't like anything I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think we mean to, but I think it's so disturbing to see our own mistakes in somebody else uh-huh. that we deal with it harshly. Or or the perception that the kids get that maybe the the baby of the family always gets their way. If If they squawk, then immediately the older ones are just assumed to be in trouble. We gotta or, be ca- we gotta be careful about or that. Or the young ones think that the the big kids get to do everything and they don't get to do anything. Well, now that's that's almost worth a separate discussion because that does come up. In fact, I was having that discussion this afternoon uh, with one of our younger ones who felt like the the older one wasn't doing his part of the chores on the same timetable as the younger one thought it should happen, and explaining, you know what. You are not in high school, are you? <laughs> you know, this yeah. person is still doing schoolwork. He's not going to be responsible to do chores at the exact same hour that you do because he's doing school, which you have already finished for the day. Yep. Um, I'm not sure that that argument really carried any weight <laughs> with this younger one, but it was... It was expressed. <laughs> it, it was expressed. Okay. So we, we do need to be careful that, that about that. We need to be careful not to show favoritism in any way, shape, or form. Okay. So we need a break for we need a station break and okay. thank our sponsor. All right. And um then when we come back, mm-hmm. I want us to talk about some ways to build a relationship. We've talked about some ways to keep from tearing it down. But let's, let's talk, talk about ways to help them be friends. Let's talk about the positive side of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It's time we talk about a topic that we all seem to think a lot about, and that's money. But let's specifically talk about kids and money. Now, you know, if you've ever raised children, they learn best by doing. So how can you give them hands-on experience that'll teach them to be practical and responsible stewards? One way you can do that is sign them up for a Start Young account from the Evangelical Christian Credit Union. These accounts let you, the parent, bank alongside your kid or monitor from a distance. And as they get older, you can give them more responsibility as they earn your trust. With these accounts, kids get access to online banking and the ECCU app, and they get a debit card, which they can use online or in person. And that gives them practice understanding that all spending is real money long before they get their first credit card offer at the age of 18. And you, the parent, can be right there alongside to keep an eye on things. You can set and change spending limits. You can set alerts so you'll know if a problem is starting to develop. You know, it's important to teach your kids to use their gifts wisely. And as parents, you want to be sure that you're passing along your values about money. The ECCU Start Young account is a great way to do that. For more information or to start your account, visit eccu.org slash real. That's eccu.org slash real. Okay, welcome back. We are talking about sibling relationships and how to build a culture that's not going to tear down those relationships, but instead will build them up. And we were talking about some kind of negative, you know, don't call names and don't allow bullying. And and those those are important rules that need to be in place. But let's talk about some positive things that we can do to, to build relationships, not just try to try to prevent further damage. Well, you know, I think one of the best things we've done is homeschool because our kids have had time together. 
Mm-hmm. You know, my brother and I were much closer than most of my friends were with their siblings. And I think it's because we worked together in a family business and we just saw a lot more of each other. We shared a lot more. And and I think that's a good positive thing. And, and you know, some of the, one of the old jokes among people looking at homeschooling from the outside is what about socialization? And I think, well, you know, socialization has a lot of different forms and, um, let's just let's just be honest about it think about the beloved uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder and realize they didn't they weren't surrounded by kids their own age until they moved into the town later in the book series oh, and when they did it did not go well it didn't always go well no it did not and yeah, so she experienced bullying and clicks and being left out and all mm, kinds of stuff yeah and so you know recognizing that if you've got a large family um, there are dynam- dynamics within your own family that are very positive, that are good, that you are building social skills and uh, courtesies and other things, even just with the children around your dinner table. Well, and see, and I think that's another, even in the style that you homeschool, I think it's a good idea to to group the family together for some for some parts of the education, like mm-hmm. you know, with doing some history together, science together, because those shared experiences form a basis of things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we go on field trips together, when we make memories together, making memories together is a huge part of teaching our kids to be friends Mm -hmm. because it just gives them things to talk about, experiences that they've shared. And and that's, I mean, beyond just the kids, I mean, just the things that we have done together as a family, you know, that, that we parents have put something together and taken our kids, you know, on a vacation, go to a national park, we go to a museum together. We have, we have a, some sort of experience together. That's a memory that we talk about all the rest of our lives. Literally. I mean, we, one of our traditions that we have is every year we have a, um, an ornament of the year. We buy a Christmas ornament that represents something that we did during the year. And every year as we decorate the Christmas tree, we're reliving all of those memories. We're talking, oh, do you remember we got this when we went to Niagara Falls? Or do you remember we, we got this when we went to such and such a national park? And and we talk about these memories, and it's just like revisiting the, the whole book of our family every year. Well, you know, doing things like family read-alouds and can can call can cause you to build memories too or listening to audiobooks together. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of our adult kids last week. I don't think you were there, Hal. Yeah. And he said something about a book that had meant so much. I said, you know, I don't think talking about one of his younger siblings, I don't think such and such has read that. He said, You're kidding. I said, mm-hmm. No, and he said, Okay, I'm gonna send her a copy. Wow. And I'm gonna take her out to lunch and talk about it with her. You know, it That's was awesome. important to him. I didn't hear that. It That's was important cool. to him that his younger sister have that same connection, something our, our family had enjoyed when he was a little girl, when he was a little boy. You know, and it's funny the things that you do as a family that become part of the family story, if you will, that may be unintentional. Because I know one of our kids told me, he said, you know what, Dad, whenever I hear um, medieval church music, I think about our family. So why's that? He said, because... Um, you listened to the classical station on Sunday morning as you were fixing breakfast before we went to church. And so every Sunday I'd wake up and I'd smell breakfast cooking and I would hear Gregorian chants or I would hear, <laughs> I'd hear uh, a Verde or Bach or something. And I just, I just associate that with a Sunday morning getting ready for church. That's just what our yeah, family was like. And I thought, wow, I, I didn't know that. You know, doing projects together can be good to build memories, too. Uh You know, I I love to give kids that are similar in age um, 
a craft kit together or mm-hmm. something so give them some kind of project or even to work together yeah you know so that they're so that they're interacting so that they're pulling the same direction you know that's one of the one of the blessings that kind of grew out of necessity having a large family we got eight kids you probably don't have nine bedrooms you know most people don't have a separate bedroom for every child and so our kids have grown up sharing bedrooms, sharing closets, sharing a lot of their toys and books and things. And it's just, that's just part of the culture that they've come to expect. And I, you know, I think it's built a strong relationship between them. And I think it's prepared them for family life in the future as well, that they're not going to have so much of a, this is mine, 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 and this is my time and my space and all the rest. But really, they're going to have that expectation of sharing and building into each other's lives. You know, I think, too, we need to teach them how to be friends. Okay, good point. You know, point. we need to talk to them about how to show yourself friendly, how to mm-hmm. treat somebody else like you want to be treated, how to prefer one another. You know, there's Bible verses that are very practical to rejoice with those who rejoice. And when we see them doing those things, we need to praise them. We need to reinforce it. We need to call it out as a good thing. That's yeah, and that's a good point too. You know, to, to think that they're they're living in close community, if you will, within the family. To say, now look, let's talk about how how did that make your sister feel when you spoke that way? How do you think she felt? Why do you think she was angry? You know, why did it? Why did that hurt her feelings? How would you feel? Or do you remember when she spoke to you this way? How did you feel? You know, and you can do a lot more of that coaching and teaching them how to interact. And that's another thing too. I found as our kids have got kids, I got older to realize that a lot of my interaction with them, you know, the training interaction was going on, was really coaching them on how to relate to people. Yeah. You know, how do you speak to people? How do you, you know, consider other people ahead of yourself, you know, to think before you speak and things like that. A lot of that was just coaching that we did to, you know, help build family relationships as well as prepare them for their future But you're not born knowing that stuff. No, no, you learn it. You, you learn, learn it. Along and, the way. You, and some kids pick it up more easily than others. Right. But you gotta, you've got to coach them through You've got to walk them through it and have an expectation. You know, that mm-hmm. this is what's so important, folks, and hear me on this. Mm-hmm. If you can establish a family culture with your older kids, yeah. if you can establish a family culture of caring for one another, loving one another, taking care of one another, of living like believers, then inertia will take care of a lot of the rest of it because the other kids will want to fit in. Like, you know, the other day, one of our kids who's in college mm-hmm. um, had a need for something. Mm-hmm. And I was going to pay it. I was going to buy it for him. Yeah. And he said, he said, no, mom, I'm buying it. I said, son, you don't really have much money. And he said, he said, no. He said, I want to be like my big brothers. I want to pay my way. Wow. Wow. You know, and okay. I've seen the same thing with them caring for each other. Like today. Right. Um, one of our boys who's away at college needed his birth certificate for a job he start, he's starting. And, oh, my goodness, several of his siblings worked together to get it to him. You know, s- some of them took it last night an hour up the road to, to their brother's house. And then that brother met him halfway between his college and uh, the and the town that he lives in. Right. Because, 
Just to spare him, just because they loved him. Just because they wanted to help him and make his day easier. That's great. And, you know, I... (laughs) That would have been my dream if I had even dared to dream it. Which I didn't. Mm -hmm. It is possible for your kids to grow up and love each other and love the family. I remember when one of our boys brought a girl home for the first time. Mm -hmm. And when she left, he came back in and he said, Mom, Dad, guys, I want to know what you think. Because I really like her. I really like you guys. And she's got to like you and you've got to like her or this isn't going to work. And and that was not... I didn't expect that. No, I didn't either. That wasn't a rule that we put out no. there. For you. Got to, no. I mean, that was that was his own... That, that was his own thought process. That's what came up out of the years growing up in the family to say, hey, you know, we are a family and we will always be a family, you know, even as other relationships blossom out and the family tree spreads out, so to speak, you know, to say, um, you know, let's, let's always remember that we value one another and that we love one another. And, uh, you know, how can we promote that and encourage that and live that out on a day-to-day basis. I mean, that that's great. But, you know, um, all of that, I think, to realize that there are, there are negative things, there are, you know, rules that you need to put into place. Don't do this. You know, don't be unkind. Don't be selfish. You know, don't, don't make fun of each other, you know, un, unmercifully. But then on the other hand, to say, let's do the positive things. Let's build relationships. Let's share experiences. You know, one other thing we need to mention in Romans, it says that we are, as believers, we are to rejoice with them that rejoice and to weep with those that weep. And, you know, that's something that we need to encourage our kids to say, hey, you know, even amongst our back and forth and our and our competitions and our challenges and whatnot, we need to remember that ultimately we are brothers and sisters and parents and children and we love one another. And if one of us is hurting, to some extent, we all hurt. Right. You know, if one of us is is rejoicing and celebrated and, and elevated in some way, all of us can cheer and can be encouraged by this. And we need to encourage that sort of that sort of shared feeling, that I that feeling that, hey, we are all together this family. We are the team. And yeah. and you know, it's not a matter of, well, he he scored the point. I didn't get to score the point, and so I'm not really gonna celebrate because no, no, to say we all celebrate because yeah. the, the team has won. Yes. And and I think that's an important thing that, to encourage as well. I think the biggest thing that we can do mm-hmm. is, to, is to realize the vast importance of relationships, mm-hmm. of our relationship with our kids and their relationship with each other, because that's what's going to really matter when they're all grown up. And that's what's either going to tie us together when they move on or it's going to separate us. You know, the strength of that relationship, the polarity of it, if you will, is, is either going to draw us closer back together or it's going to separate us out. And so let's build one that instead of separating us out, let's incorporate other people into our tree. It's worth it. Absolutely. I agree. Well, look, the time has gotten away from us. There's so much more we could be saying, but I, I appreciate you joining us because, you know, having that relationship within the family, that's an important part of living a biblical family life, I think. Having it, a culture of love and consideration there. It and, is. And so, uh, 
couple of things. Yes. What? Please go review this podcast wherever you listen. Okay. Yes. Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, iTunes, or on the Homeschool Radio Network. Mm -hmm. Wherever you listen, please leave a review so that other people can find us and tell your friends. That's right. If you want to support this podcast, you can come out and see us at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or they can go to our website at RaisingRealMen.com, hit the shop, scroll down to support Raising Real Men. All of that, yes. Look, we do appreciate your time. We thank you for joining us. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And we hope you'll join us again as we talk about taking biblical principles and making practical applications in the 21st century family. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.